Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. There's been a lot of news in the sports world uh, the last couple weeks, um, so we'll get into that. I wanted to talk about uh, yesterday's Monday night football game between uh, the Browns and the Ravens, uh, one of the best games of the year, uh, one of the best Monday night football games the last couple years. I want to tell you about my day first. I had a, a pretty up and down day, pretty annoying, and then it got got a lot better. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm still in school trying to finish my degree and stuff. And, uh, this morning I, you know, I had, I think I took one class this past term. So, you know, I wanted to go back, sell my book that I spent money on. Cause you know, usually they give you a good amount of money, go back there. I had to drive all the way to campus and everything's all locked up and stuff since, you know, COVID and things like that. So I had to ring, I, they have a doorbell there at the bookstore. I had to ring the doorbell. I had to go in there. And then I asked them, like, hey, are you guys buying back books? And she's like, yeah, you know, we do. Uh, but for this book that you have here, it's $0. You don't get any money for this book. So I'm like, okay, that's, that's fucking annoying. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to hang on to it until you guys decide to give me money for it. Um, and then there was some issues with my financial aid. I, uh, instead of, like, I, I had registered for, for one class. It's my phone ringing. Not answering that. Um, so I took one class because, uh, my financial aid, they were offering me like $800 or something like nothing. I only got partial financial aid this year. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm only going to take a class that's going to pay for that. So I don't have to pay anything out of pocket. Then they tell me that I have to be registered in 12 credits to even get any disbursement to pay for that class. I'm like, wait, so I was trying to save money by having financial aid pay for the only class that I was taking. And then now... I have to pay for that class out of pocket because I didn't have 12 credits to get the financial aid that I was already awarded. Like, what? That doesn't make any fucking sense. So I was already mad. And then with work, you know, I'm in sales and stuff. And then I got I got two back-to-back -back sales from people that I hadn't even met. This was all on the phone and done through email. I got two contracts signed. And then those those machines are being delivered next, next week. They had it filled out. Um, they fill out like an entrance form and it goes to a bunch of other companies. And I called them this morning at nine o'clock, left voicemails. And uh, then they got back to me like within the hour and I was able to close both of those deals. So that was pretty, that's pretty awesome. Cause there's two weeks left, give or take in the year and all my other sales had fallen through. So pretty up and down day, but I'm glad, um, I'm glad things kind of worked out in the end. Um, so let's get into that Monday night football game. Um, you know, the, the Ravens, what they were looking at, what were they yesterday? They were 7 5, and the, uh, the Browns were 9 and 3. The Ravens have been struggling, as we talked about in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, they've been kind of up and down, and, you know, it seems like people have kind of figured them out. Um, but this game was just amazing. Like, the f first part of it was, you know, kind of slow. Uh, the, the Ravens were, you know, flexing their muscles on the Browns like they have in the last matchups against them uh, the last few years. Um, like er, the first game, I think, in uh, Kevin uh, Stefanski's uh, <clears throat> excuse me, head coaching job there at uh, in Cleveland, they got blown out by the Ravens. I think they only scored three points, something like that. Anyway, so they were down by a lot in this game. In the like, last eight minutes, they came back. Uh, Lamar Jackson... 
got injured. They said he had cramps or something, and he's running to the locker room. And there's video footage of uh, of him running to the locker room, and he looks he doesn't look like he has cramps. He looks like something else is going on. And then uh, Trace McSorley, the backup quarterback for Ravens, comes in. Um, and at this point, they they need a they need a game winning drive. They need a, they need to score a touchdown. And reporters are saying uh, Lamar Jackson has cramps, and then they're looking at a fourth and five. And Trace McSorley got injured; he like sprained his knee or something. And then out of nowhere, uh, Lamar Jackson pulled a Willis Reed. You, you probably heard that reference a lot during Monday Night, like Willis Reed for the Knicks did come back during the finals after being injured, willing them to victory, if you will. And um, Lamar Jackson did just that. It was fourth and five, and he was like faking like he was gonna run right, and then uh, then he stepped back and he threw to uh, Marquise Brown, who got got lost downfield and scored touchdown. And then um, they ended up winning the game. And then at the end, uh, the uh, the Browns tried to do like a hook and ladder, and then it caused a safety, caused all kinds of issues. But more on this Lamar Jackson thing. It was an amazing thing. But just the way he ran in the locker room, there was a lot there was a lot of speculation on Twitter last night that he he had to take a dump. Lamar Jackson had diarrhea or something. They just said it was cramps. People think he channeled his inner Paul Pierce in the was it the two thousand eight NBA Finals? Something like that. Uh where he he faked it, Paul Pierce. He faked an injury. You can look this up on YouTube. He faked. It. I'm convinced Paul Pierce shitted himself in those finals. Fakes an injury, comes down like he's in so much pain. He's just wincing. They had a he had to be carried off court by like three teammates or whatever the hell. And then he comes back. He oh he leaves on a wheelchair. Someone gets a wheelchair, and they take him out to the locker room. And then out of nowhere, he comes back running on the court and then just like has a great rest of the game. Just an amazing game. And then there's even pictures, there's photo evidence of a brown stain on the back of his white shorts. So I don't know. I think the evidence is there. The evidence is clear that Paul Pierce crapped his pants. I haven't seen any evidence on Lamar Jackson's pants, any stains or anything. But that run, that that like little jog they did, going to the locker room, that run looked familiar to a lot of us because we have all had that run where, you know, we're something's going to happen. We're going to ruin a pair of pants or some something bad is going to happen and we need we need to get somewhere quickly. So, I I wish that happened. But he denied it though. He said he didn't pull Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce even den- he still denies it, but I'm convinced they both pooped themselves, or just pooped and then came back and and had great games. You know they had a sense of relief after, and everything was great. But uh, you know that that helped the Ravens. They they still they're still in the playoff hunt there. Um, right now, let's see how it looks. The standings. If you hear my cat meowing in the background. Um, I don't know what she's doing. She sounds like she's panicking. But the standings in the AFC, um, so you have the Chiefs. They are at number one. They're the number one seed now at 12-1. Uh, and one. 
after the Steelers, the Steelers, man, they lost a couple. They lost uh, they lost to the Bills, and then they first lost to the uh, to the Redskins, which will or the Washington Football Team, which we'll get into. Um, and let's see. So yeah, then the Bills are at ten and three. The Bills are looking really good. Um, they just beat the Steelers, who I, I, I don't know the Steelers. They got to fix their running game. Um, James Conner's been you know in and out of the lineup, and Big Ben's just been kind of okay. You know um, their defense. They lost Bud Dupree and um, someone else for the rest of the year. Um, but they have two season-ending injuries on their defense there. Uh, but they still got some guys uh, that are good. But I don't know something. Something's not right there. They're just they seem a little off. Um, the Bills are are playing well. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, they seem like they were struggling against the Dolphins a little bit. Uh, Patrick Mahomes threw three interceptions but they pulled off the win and um i think they're the favorite in the afc um and the favorite overall to win the super bowl uh the titans i really like the titans at nine and four uh they are the fourth seed derrick henry is just an animal he's just so good he's had i think he's in the fraternity with the most most uh games with over 200 yards rushing he did it again aj brown has been playing really well um, since he's been back from injury since week four, every week it seems like he has um, he has just big plays after big plays. Um, I think he has the potential to be the best uh, receiver in the NFL. I would take him over over DK Metcalf for sure. I, I think the hype on on DK Metcalf is is kind of crazy. Um, he's really good, but I don't think he's there yet. But I would take AJ Brown over anyone right now. That's including Julio Jones. Everyone wants to say he's the best receiver, but I take him over him. I take him over. I mean, Odell's injured. Um, I take him over Mike Evans. Uh, anybody else you want to think of? Uh, Tyree Kill. I take him over all those guys because he's just a physical, physical receiver. He's strong and uh, he just seems like a good dude. Uh, the Browns nine and four. They've been playing really well. Um, Kevin Stefanski. His offensive game plan has been great. Uh, making. Um, their focal point of the offense is just a running game. You got Kareem Hunt and you got Nick Chubb. Well, I also think Nick Chubb is he's up there too with a Derrick Henry, um, and then you have uh, Kareem Hunt who can uh, catch out the out of the backfield. And uh, their their defense could be a little bit better. Uh, but Baker, when you keep them in like you know short medium range passes and get it, get the get them rolling out out of the pocket and stuff, you know he could be. He could be effective and he could be he could be efficient. You know, you just you can't depend on him the entire game to throw fifty times or anything like Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or any of these guys. Um, so I think they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. Um, don't expect them to go far, but you know it's a good season. Um, you know, you know they're going to have a, their first winning season and what was that two thousand six with Derek Anderson. Then you got the Colts at nine and four too. I do like the Colts. Um, I think uh, it's going to come down to Phillip Rivers, if they can rely on him or not. Um, he's been kind of up and down. Their running game isn't actually as good as it seems. You know, they seem like to they, like they're a good running game, but they just got a bunch of different guys cycling in and out there. Um, they have a good defense, though. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Then you have the Dolphins at 8-5. and five. Um, they, they are an interesting team to me. Brian Flores, the head coach, has done a great job building that defense. And they they have no running game whatsoever. They have like five guys who are just they never run the ball. 
they started Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then now they started two of the rookie, and they're eight and five. It's just amazing. Um, and then you have the Ravens eight and five. So I'm hoping the Dolphins make the playoffs, but I think their remaining schedule, they have their last three games are the Raiders. I think it's the Patriots first, and then the Raiders, and then they finish off with the Bills. So if the Bills already have their playoff, their third seed locked up, then they might rest some guys. So then um, the Dolphins might be able to win that. But they can probably be the Patriots. They've been struggling. Um, so they could be 9-5 and five right there. Depends on the Raiders when you catch them. The Raiders are just a mess right now. They were, they were looking good, but... Uh, they've fallen off. You know, they almost lost to the Jets. Um, so the Dolphins could finish 9-7 and seven and then um, maybe make the playoffs, but it just depends on the on the Ravens' remaining schedule, which I'll check right now. Uh, they just beat the Browns. Um, and then, let's see. Uh, then they play the Jags, the Giants, and the Bengals. Okay, so... Just based on that, it sounds like uh, the Ravens are going to make the playoffs. They'll be 11-5, and five, and they'll be a dangerous team, I think. Um, they seem to be getting back into their groove. Uh, they're struggling there for a bit. So that means the Raiders are out. I know I said the Raiders were going to be in the playoffs, but they're at 7-6 and six right now. And then um, the Patriots are still mathematically in. They've just been a mess. Um, and then I wanted to apologize to Patrick Mahomes. I know I had I was on the Kyler Murray hype train, which I'll get into here in a minute, but Patrick Mahomes at the time he only had one interception. Now he has he has four. But he's still he's just so great that, you know, he gets overlooked for um for the seasonal awards. Um but I think he's just gonna win like five MVPs. He's the they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl and he's probably gonna win the MVP and even when he struggles he still finds a way to win. Um Meanwhile, the the Arizona Cardinals are they're kind of struggling now. They're seven and six. Um, Kyler Murray hasn't. There's like some injury, I guess, that they're hiding. He hasn't really been effective. He hasn't been running well at all. Um, and you know, defensive defenses have seemed to figured him out already. And um, their running game is just kind of up and down too. So uh, they looked good early on, but they're probably not going to make the playoffs um, in the. NFC, the rest of the NFC, you have uh, the Packers at 10-3, and three, the Saints at 10-3. and three. Um, Taysom Hill's been looking good, um, but I think Drew Brees will be back Sunday night against the Chiefs, I want to say. That sounds right. The Rams are strong, too, at 9-4. and four. Uh, But the Saints did just lose uh, to the Eagles. Uh, those Jalen Hurts versus Taysom Hill. Um, I'll talk about that in a minute as well. Um... The Washington football team, 6-7. and seven. Okay, well, I know we talked. To, everyone's been talking about the NFC East, how they've been terrible this year, but watch out for Washington football team. I'm going to pick them to make the playoffs and win a playoff game that happened. That Who was that? Was that the Seahawks when they were 6-10 uh, and 10 or 7-9 and nine and they beat the Saints? And that kind of started their um, the that little mini dynasty that wasn't a dynasty because they only won one, but... But they were they were dominant for a few years. Um, so Washington football team, their defense is great, and they seem to they have a good running game. And Alex Smith seems to be the guy there to um, to make the right throws. He's not going to make mistakes, you know, but he's not going to 
air it out for 500 yards or anything. So they just got to play smart football, smart disciplined football, and I think they can. I think they can make the playoffs. They might. I mean, they, you saw what they did to the Steelers. Um, we'll see what they do the rest of the way, but um, yeah, I, I'm gonna pick them to to win a playoff game. And then, um, so you talked about the Rams, the Seahawks. Uh, their defense is terrible. I know I said that they can uh, make the Super Bowl this year. Um, I don't. I don't think they can with their with that defense. I mean, they've shown up the last couple games. Um, look like they might win the division. It's either them or the Rams. Uh, so they might have to play every game on the road. Um, and then the Bucks, they're eight and five. They're they're still not really gelling. They're still kind of in a funk. Um, I don't see them right now. They're they're not going to win the division either because um, the Saints have that. So they're going to have to play a road game every game of the postseason. And I just don't see them doing that or you know winning anything there. Um, So I guess we'll see if they go. They get extended because right now the Cardinals are at seven and six, and then the Vikings are at six and seven. So that's kind of the playoff picture right now. Uh, NFC, I th- I think only I think only four teams can go uh, realistically can go to Super Bowl. I have the Packers. I mean, they they didn't really show up against the Buccaneers, but I I don't know why. It's just like I I feel like you have to pick the Packers, but. They always end up failing like they did last year and other years, but I'll say the Packers. They just they look they look pretty dominant right now. No one's really talking about them that much. Um, the Saints, you know, they gave uh, Drew Brees that rest where he he gets injured and then he comes back and he's great as ever. So um, look for the Saints to start rolling when he gets back. And you know the Rams too. The Rams, you know, Sean McVay. They have a they have a good offense going right now um, and their defense too. Like they're just. They're amazing. Aaron Donald is unstoppable. No, you can't. No one can do anything to stop him. So, um, I think they're I, giving the Rams a better um, chance than the Seahawks uh, because of that defense, and uh, they're they're still pretty dynamic on offense, um, even though Russell Wilson is a better quarterback. Uh, but I'll I'll say the Seahawks too. I think those four teams: the Packers, Saints, Rams, and Seahawks uh, can realistically make the Super Bowl. I mean a Bet against Tampa. There seems to be something going on there. I think Tom Brady's having some issues with uh, the play calling in Bruce Arians, and uh, he doesn't like Bruce Arians coming out uh, talking about him in the media. And there's there's seems to be some bad blood there. I don't know. I think more more is going to come out from there. Uh, but when they're rolling, they're rolling. Um, they haven't been able to get Antonio Brown really incorporated that well, but Gronk is kind of coming alive. And I think they need to target uh, Mike Evans a little bit more. Uh, AFC. The teams that I think uh, can go to the Super Bowl realistically are the Chiefs and the Bills, actually. I really like the Bills. And I'll say the Titans. I think those three teams, I don't see the Steelers. They're kind of falling out. They're struggling. They need to figure out their run game because if it's just Big Ben down there just you know, trying to throw – trying to throw open um, Juju Smith-Schuster and I don't know I feel like people could just read them easily on offense and and can stop them um I don't know they're just like they're playing down to the competition or something there's something weird there too I don't know um the Bills seem to be rolling so I'm gonna say the Bills Chiefs and Titans um yep that's what I'll go with it's been a it's been a pretty good season though um 
I haven't been disappointed. Um, I was expecting a lot more uh, COVID cases. It doesn't look like they're going to do a bubble um, for the NFL playoffs. So I guess they're just going to roll with it. Um, other things I want to get into with this podcast. Um, I want to talk about what I've been watching. Uh, checking out some stuff on HBO. Um, HBO Max came out with some news uh, recently, which we'll get into as well. Um, and then I'll talk about uh, Carson Wentz and uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, James Harden still wanted out of Houston. There's an update on that. And uh, Russell Westbrook, John Wall trade. And uh, we'll go over NBA over-unders. Uh, the NBA season starts next week, I think on the 23rd. And then you have the Christmas Day games, which I'm very, very excited for. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Paul George signed an extension to remain with the Clippers five years. They maxed him out. Giannis signed his, uh, his max contract today. Um, and now he has the richest contract of all time in NBA history is valued at 228 million dollars and he's making 45 million a year over five years so that puts all the stuff to he had he does have an opt-out um in year four so he can opt out of that so that kind of puts to rest all of these rumors he was rumored to go to golden state i thought he was going to golden state i still think he's going to golden state um and then he was also rumored to go to uh, Miami and Dallas. And I think that might be it. Those were the real players there. Um, I would have liked to see him go to any of those places. But it looks like he's going to stick it out with Milwaukee. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I like the move because uh, he's, it's a small market team in Milwaukee. And, um, you know, usually you see players just – leaving and going wherever they want and um you know just kind of going with their friends and just just doing dirty stuff um but you know player empowerment um you know we got to talk about player empowerment to a certain there's a line to it though like i think what's happening with uh james harden it's like too far you know because with houston houston has done everything in their power to make james harden happy and the the problem I have with uh, with James Harden is that it seems like he just does not care at all. He does not give a fuck. And then there was there was reports that the owner Tillman Fertitta, the new owner, he was a Trumpster, and that just bothered James Harden. He, I mean, he even he turned down a hundred million dollars, a two year, hundred million dollar contract, because he, he was a Trump supporter. Like, come on, guys. Like, get real. Like, people are going to have different beliefs. You know, like, we may disagree, but this guy's still paying your contract. He's still giving you the money, and he offered you that. So, like, business is just business. I don't like that now. Everything's all mixed up now. We're just mixing politics, business, all kinds of crap together. Like, like when I go on a sales call, I'm not talking to someone about politics unless they bring it up. Then I'll just, whatever the hell they say, I agree with them because I want them to buy something, right? But, like, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't, that sets the wrong precedent to just, like, not wanting to do business with someone just because they, they believe in something that you don't. Like, I still got to feed myself. I got bills to pay, all this other stuff. So I'm not going to say, hey, 
you know what, you don't, you like this person that I don't like, and you know what, I'm gonna not pay my bills because of that. Like, okay. So, and then Harden, he also has no sense of awareness either. Like, he has no leverage in this situation at all. He's asking for a trade. He has three years left on his deal. Three years left. And guess what? He has no veto. He has no um, he has no way to to veto a trade. No trade clause. He he can't he can't say no to any trade. So if the Rockets, if the Rockets really got fed up with them, they could go trade him to fucking Detroit or something. Or where else would you not? Orlando. I would not want to go Orlando. Even Minnesota. Trade him to Minnesota. Just trade him somewhere where it's cold and you're not gonna win. And you're just gonna be like, you're just gonna be a joke. No one wants to watch you. You know, trade him to the Knicks. There you go. Actually, the Knicks would love that. Don't trade him to the Knicks. Just trade him somewhere, somewhere bad. Like, I don't know. It used to be Milwaukee before they got Giannis. Trade him to Indiana. No one, no one likes going to Indiana. I actually like Indianapolis. It's a good city. But as NBA town, I don't know. I don't think NBA players like going to Indiana. Trade, trade him to Indiana, or even worse. Trade him to Cleveland. Who the hell likes Cleveland? Cleveland's terrible. You're in Ohio? Come on. If you're listening and you're in Cleveland, I'm just messing with you. But, you know, the only reason why the Cavaliers have ever been uh, relevant is because of uh, LeBron, right? Without LeBron, they would just be absolutely nothing. But it's a good fan base, though. So, I mean, that's what I would do. I would just, just trade him wherever the hell... I feel like it because he, I mean, they've done everything that he's wanted them to do. I mean, uh, then Russell Westbrook, he got COVID and stuff in the postseason. And Westbrook actually came out. He said that he had some issues with the way um, Houston was managing COVID. And he he didn't feel like they were keeping the players safe. And then he asked for a trade because they kind of blamed... Uh, the Rocket, their postseason collapse, they blamed it on Russell Westbrook. I I think Russell Westbrook, you know, say what you want about Westbrook. He has his faults. That dude wants to win. He Every time he's on the court, he's going to give 110% to a fault. Like, it may be it may be positive or negative. He's, gonna, he's a fucking dog, though. And he's going to be out there. He's going to give 110%. He's going to rebound. He's going to D you up. He's going he's gonna to get all these assists. He's going to score. He's going to take ill-advised shots. Yeah, but it's because he thinks he's the, he's, he's the man. He needs to do that because he wants to put the team on his back. And by all accounts, he's he's a great teammate. You know, other other players have come out and said the way that they show respect to to uh, Russell Westbrook shows that he's a good teammate. And I think he, he has this. He's been given this bad rap, or whatever. He has this 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 you know negativity surrounding him, saying that he's a bad teammate. You know, with him and Katie, but him and Katie are cool now. You know, Katie just wanted to play a different style. You know, and and then when uh, they brought in Paul George to OKC. Russell, he had a great year, and Paul George was like third in MVP. He had the best year of his career. So I don't fault Russell Westbrook for this. And then he asked for a trade out, and then they're still friends. And so he's like, he wanted to get away from James Harden. James Harden's the issue. No one is going to win with James Harden as, as their best player. Remember that. The Rockets, they are just trying to wait this out. I think they're ready to get rid of James Harden. I think they need to realize that they're not going to win anything with them. So what do the Rockets do next? They trade Russell Westbrook for John Wall. So John Wall comes to the Rockets. 
Russell Westbrook goes to the Wizards. And my first reaction uh, to this trade was that it was an abomination of a trade. It was just an awful, awful trade because you have two terrible contracts. Russell Westbrook, I love him, but, you know, it's a bad contract. Um, Then uh, John Wall, he hasn't played in two years. And he has one of the worst contracts that you can trade. And it was so bad, you know, him and James Harden making the same, they have the same exact contract. Same financial contract there. And he hasn't played in two years. So the Wizards are like, hey, we'll give you, we'll give you one, uh, a first round pick as well. Since you, since you could get this trade, uh, you can get this bad contract off our hands. And we're taking your bad contract. Um, so... It was just a win-win for both parties, I think, because you get Russ, you get at him out of out of Houston, away from James Harden, and I think he's going to completely rejuvenate this Washington Wizards team and this franchise. Because Bradley Beal, he is he has held this team on his back by himself. He has played well, but he has had no help. And now you get a guy like Russ. He's going to give a hundred percent, hundred ten percent. Like I said, he's he's just a dog out there. He's going to give his full effort. And I think Bradley Beal is going to have a great year. He's going to have an MVP type year because of Russell Westbrook. He's going to be attack attack. And then uh, Bradley Beal is going to have some open looks. He's going to be able to play off the energy. So are all the other guys on that team. And I don't think they're going to go far. I think they'll, they'll make the playoffs right now. Let's see what's their over under. Um, I think, I mean, if you look at the, at the East, I mean, the seventh AC, those are wide open, you know, and they're over under right now is 32 and a half. I, I, I give them 40, right? That's not bad. Give them 40, 41, maybe low forties. Remember this season, they're playing 72 games. Um, but you know, and you see the videos, there's clips already of stuff of Russell Westbrook at practice. He just seems happier. He seems relaxed. You know, the pressure's not on him as much as it was in Houston. Houston just, you know, there's reports that Houston is like uh, the Knicks of the South, you know, that there's just a bad, toxic environment there. And I think it starts with James Harden. He says president there, and, you know, he, he doesn't lead by example. He's just always, he's just kind of a selfish dude, man. And I don't know when people are going to realize that, or maybe they realize it now, but... James Harden never was and never will be that dude. He's a great basketball player, great talent, basketball mind, ISO player. I mean, dude has averaged over 30 points three years in a row. How come they haven't won anything? Because when it matters most, he just crumbles in crunch time, and he just can't get his shot off. He has the same moves. He has the same fucking step back, let me shoot. A 40-footer, just just dumb shit like that. And there's no spacing. He doesn't space the floor at all. He doesn't move. I know he can pass. He, he averaged, what was it, eight assists a couple years ago? He can move the ball. He refuses to move the ball. He just doesn't buy into these, um, these coaches' schemes. He's not going to buy into Paul Silas. He's just going to pout until he gets his way and gets out. But Houston needs to ship him somewhere the fuck else, like fucking Cleveland, as we have discussed but i i feel bad i'm happy for john wall because he you know he needed a fresh start he was getting kind of stale there in washington and especially since he hadn't played in a while um but 
I feel bad for him too for going to Houston, going to play with a guy like James Harden because uh, Wall his his tone has kind of changed. He when he first got there, he said that um, he spoke to Harden and Harden wants to play there and he's ready to go. Now there's reports saying that Harden was unmoved by the trade for John Wall. Like, dude. Are you guys are apparently supposed to be friends. Like, how are you gonna say some shit like that? And that you and he still wants out and all this. And he was out partying, and you know he showed up to practice finally. And now he's the hardest worker. You better be the hardest worker there at practice if you weren't showing up and you were, um, you were breaking COVID rules and you were at the club. You're not wearing a mask. You're just dicking around over there. Like, what the fuck, man? Like that dude does not want it. I don't care what anyone says. That guy does not want to win. Everyone always says, "Oh, I want to win." Well, you know who wants to win? The people on the court who who are giving uh, all the effort in the world, who show up first day of practice. Russell Westbrook, he showed up two hours early for his first practice with his new team. Set the tone. Let everyone know you're there to work. You're not there to just collect money and live out the rest of your, your contract and your career there in Washington. You're ready to get there, get shit done. James Harden's not that dude. He never was that dude. And he never will be that dude. He wasn't that dude at Arizona State. He didn't do anything at Arizona State. And he's not. he didn't do anything OKC. Okay, so he won one little award, sixth man of the year. But then when he was in the finals against the, the Heat, he he was not He was non-existent. And then now every time he's in the playoffs, he's the number one guy. Everyone gave him the excuse. Like, oh, he was the third option. Yeah, dude, he was sixth man of the year for a reason. Because they needed to rely on him. And then when he's like the number one, the focal point of the offense in, in Houston... He just doesn't show up. So I think it's a good trade for um, all parties. Um, you know, I just kind of feel bad for John Wall, but he's reunited with Marcus Cousins. So we'll see it where Houston, Houston, they're over under at 33.5. I think, I think, yeah, I think they'll be under. I think they'll be around 30 games. I think they're just going to, they're going to be bad because I think, um, James Harden, he maybe he understands now he has no leverage, and I think he's just going to pout. He's not going to play or give a, all of his effort, and I think it's just going to be John Wall, who's come back from injury, fucking DeMarcus Cousins coming back from injury, P.J. Tucker, they're probably going to trade him to the Warriors, like I talked about in my last episode, and you got a bunch of like other role players and stuff. Um, you have Christian Wood, who they got from Detroit. I really like him. He's a, he's a good pickup for them. Um but, you know, it's just kind of, I mean, it's it, nothing sticks out at you unless James Harden, like, buys in. But, you know, you know he's not. So I, I think they'll be under that. I think it's just going to be a bad, bad year for them. Um, good year for John Wall, though, because he'll be back on the court, which is always good to see. And then as far as Washington goes, I think it's a it's going to be a great um Great year for Bradley Beal, and I think that it'll they'll push him to the playoffs. Um, I don't know, something's wrong with my dissipate. It says I only have uh, 15 minutes left of recording, so I want to I want to get through all this stuff before that ends. Um, let's see, some good shit I can talk about. Okay, so I want to get into this uh, HBO uh, Max news that 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 dropped. Um, I think it was was it Warner Brothers. It was one of these, these, uh, I think it was Warner Bros. They announced that they're going to release all their movies that are coming out in theaters this year. They're going to be released on um, HBO Max the same day. And so all these uh, these executives and stuff are very upset with it because 
That means no one's going to be going to the movies next year because if you have HBO Max, you can just watch the movie from home. So that means uh, it's going to start with the new Wonder Woman that's coming out on Christmas Day. You have the Sopranos uh, prequel coming out, uh, the new Space Jam coming out, and uh, the new Matrix movie, just to name a few. Uh, but that's great news for the consumer. I mean, these like these these executives and stuff that are upset about, it, like, dude, get over it. Like, we have bigger fish to fry, big problems to worry about instead of like people going to the movies. Like, I miss going to movies, but man, I'm gonna be watching HBO Max for for the next year or so. Um, and then other things on HBO Max, uh, Euphoria is back. They filmed this. Um, it's kind of between like where Rue, um, like between seasons. It's like a little break episode. And because at the end of the first, at the end of the last season, that last episode, um, Rue had called, I forget his name, it called uh, her, her buddy from, um, from AA because she was going to, she was going to relapse. And remember he had said, Hey, call me whenever you want to get pancakes. Um, so it ends with him, with her calling him and say, Hey, I want to get pancakes. So this season starts, um, this episode was very captivating. I think it kind of, if you haven't seen it, you watch it. I think it speaks to how everyone's kind of feeling uh, during the pandemic and like not really knowing how to feel or, you know, really what to do. You know, you have people um, going back into their ways, like whether um, what addictions they have and, and kind of how they're responding to that. But this episode, it was it was really good. One of the best episodes, I think, because he's just they're the whole episode they're at the diner they're at, having pancakes and basically he's just telling her like how she's fucking up and like what she needs to do but it feels like he's talking to you the viewer as like what you're doing to fuck up and how you need to get better during this uh this pandemic and how you should better yourself even though everything around you is falling apart you can improve yourself and i just thought it was i just thought it was a really good episode um and then uh, another, there's a docu-series uh, on HBO Max called uh, Murder on Middle Beach. This one is about um, this guy, uh, his mom, his mom was murdered um, in, um, when he was like, in high school or something. And they still hadn't figured it out, and his dad was kind of shady, but it's like four or five episodes and he investigates. He's like going around asking people questions, family members and stuff, because people know something, and they're trying to figure out who is trying to figure out who murdered his mom. Um, I have a couple ideas. You know, there's um, they have some um, some suspects, um, but it's very juicy, and there's a lot going on there. Uh, he he questions his dad. He's like questioning the cops. They had like dirty cops there too. And like, she was part of like this pyramid scheme that like went bad or something. But, um, yeah, it was really good though. Uh, murder on middle beach. Um, I think it's like four or five episodes, but, uh, yeah, on HBO max, uh, that was really good. Um, yeah, pretty intense. I was just like, I was drawn in first episode. I was hooked because it, it felt like it was like real time, but it spans over like, I think he started like in 2014 or something, and then it, it goes back and forth uh, through different interviews um, and things like that. And uh, let's see what else. Um, Got to beat up on James Harden there for a bit. Maybe he's a nice guy. I don't know. He doesn't. He just. He just seems like he's in a show, right? I don't know. Whatever. I don't feel bad. 
Um, and then let's see. Did uh, I watched uh, Your Honor? The show is on Showtime. Uh, it stars Brian Cranston. He plays. I only watched the first episode because that was the only one that was free. And then um, you have to pay. I don't subscribe to it, but I might subscribe to it just to watch the show. Anyway, he's this judge, and um, I guess like his wife was like killed or murdered or something. I don't know. They don't really talk about it, but like the wife is gone, and he has a son in high school. And the son, there's there's like an accident, and someone dies, and um, the the person who dies is related to like a very dangerous person, so. Brian Cranston, who's the, ju- the judge, he kind of pulls some strings and he does some shady stuff to like, uh, like hide evidence and you know, to keep secrets from, you know, said uh, family members who were, who were dead. I'm trying to not spoil everything and from the first episode, but I only saw the first episode, so I only know what, what I know. But um, basically, a well-respected judge just hiding. Um, criminal activity to protect his son from getting killed, I guess. So check that out. Um, have a good holiday. I will be doing a, a year in review podcast before the end of the year. We'll review all the terrible things that have happened this year and all the good things that people have not talked about that have gone overshadowed by COVID. And then um, maybe before next season i will also do or the nba season i will get to those over unders when i figure out my disk space on my lappy toppy so thanks for listening uh stay tuned probably have a couple more episodes at least one more um this month but maybe two so thank you stay safe and happy holidays